0: So welcome to our fourth episode um, of our new podcast, Tokenizing Everything. My name is Nicholas. I will be your host today, and with me today is Benjamin Horvath, Managing Director of Block Rocket. Um, hello, Benjamin. How are you? Hi, Nicholas. Nice to meet you. Uh, finally,
1: I'm um, great. Uh, all good. Had a busy week. Still two to three very busy weeks uh, in front of me, and then. Shortly before Christmas, uh, everything slows down a bit, hopefully.
0: Yeah, let's hope so, but it's, it's hard to guess in the fast-moving tech space, obviously. Um, however, before we continue, I have to mention that um, everything that is um, stated today is uh, solely based on personal opinions, does not reflect any opinion of Amazing Blocks or Blockrocket or any other involved party. Um, and also a new feature to add today, um, some input that we actually received from you, Benjamin, uh, before the interview, um, a chat function, so anyone that's attending live has a chance to just drop any questions um, for Benjamin that you may have, um, so just feel free to answer your questions, and um, I will ask him. Um, perfect. So, Benjamin, um, would you like to maybe briefly introduce yourself a bit um, to, to our listeners and viewers, how you got into tech, what led you to your dis- disruptive entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Benjamin. I'm the managing
1: director of BlockRocket. BlockRocket is one of the leading accelerator programs for early stage blockchain startups. Uh, that are active in Germany. So like we're quite niche in a sense, early stage startups, blockchain focused uh, German market. So that's that's like the, our overlap in terms of uh, that's, that's our niche. And within that niche, uh, we aim to become like the, the market leader. So to basically establish the best deal flow uh, when it comes to uh, uprising uh, blockchain startups uh, in the next uh, coming years. So simply put, um, uh, (laughs) every small team with a good idea that uh, sits in some sort of garage right now to work on their new solution and that's blockchain related, um, we want to be one of the first entities that uh, become aware of them. Um, As of me, uh, quick background, uh, I graduated in 2016, I come from WHU, it's a private business school in Germany. Uh, i've spent up to four years uh, in international environments i've been uh, for several years in southeast asia india japan studying working Um, i've been used to work in uh, high performance uh, startup uh, environments i've worked for venture builders like uh, rocket internet before um, and i switched into the blockchain space roughly two and a half years ago when i started working as a consultant for professor philip zandner at the think tank um, frankfurt school blockchain center and then one thing led to another one project led to another and since one and a half years, I started working on uh, BlockRocket.
0: Okay, wow, that's a, a very, you know, established journey and a great resume that you have there. Um, a lot of different experiences, especially like your international approach, which obviously suits perfectly for the decentralized structure of blockchain. Um, so in terms of, um, let's dive a bit deeper into to what really made you get into blockchain. I always like to ask my guests this question. What was to you that that one moment or that one defining moment where you basically became a blockchain enthusiast that really made you realize okay this this has a huge potential for the future like a wow moment basically? First time I
1: personally heard about Bitcoin and like of course Bitcoin was the first touchpoint in Ethereum and the first time I've heard about those two was I think 2014 and 15 while I was still at university back then and uh, everyone was kind of like at least the friend the friend circle that I had was quite. Uh, enthusiastic about it um, because Bitcoin originally comes from a very disruptive standpoint, right? Like uh, trying to um, create like a massive shift, like uh, to like getting rid of banks and like uh, having a decentralized web. Um, Of course, the discussions uh, in the beginning were also related to like the darknet, uh, which is, I think, intellectually always an interesting topic to, 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 to explore. Um, yeah, that, that's how it originally started. And then, of course, the, the, the traction, the, the price kept increasing, increasing. And I, I'll never forget, like, I had like this uh, one of my best friends. Uh, he started, like, I mean, as students, you didn't have that much money, right? But he started to put like a hundred bucks into Ethereum. And like every day he was in front of his phone, like, yeah, it just went up by like 5%. And uh, for us, it, it was crazy coming from a business school and, and having exposure to stock markets and uh, like other financial assets, at least within the uni context. Um, I mean the 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 adoption and and the interest rates like were crazy. So uh, of course that uh, also um, added additional interest yeah. in the beginning. Yeah,
0: yeah, that actually kind of reminds me a bit of myself. I remember me always sitting in front of the screen as well and telling my friends, "Hey, look, <laughs> it went up by five percent." I saw So it's a it's a nice story. I think a lot of people probably got their their you know introduction to the space like this and had that thrill of trading. So, so that's a great way, you know, to, to get to know the projects. So to you, um, in terms of blockchain, obviously, as you know, the managing director of BlockRocket, you really see a lot of different perspectives of people approaching the blockchain space. Um, where do you see, or to you personally, are the best use cases, in your opinion, and the most auspicious fields of disruption for blockchain in the future?
1: I think it's a very it's it's a very tough question to be honest because um, and I mean blockchain the, the whole industry has a bit like uh, uh, of this um, <laughs> there's like this question or like this the statement about blockchain saying that blockchain is a solution that that still looks for its problem right and I find it always an interesting statement about the whole stance of of the industry right now I think it's just extremely early stage and I think we have a very interesting technology that um, has proven in some use cases already that can be very disruptive. And now the expectation is that you know, like that level of disruption can also be applied to other industries, or that it has the potential to change other industries. Uh, but I think we're still too early to really tell. Like you know, like we still need to 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 be patient and see like how. The hypothesis that are formed right now by like a lot of new startups, like how do they really like play out to be the next years? So, like because they're all based on hypothesis, they're all based on we think that by changing the system in, in that in that way, like uh, dem- like there's gonna be demand for this and that. And that's something that needs to be tested out. Um I mean the easy answer to the question, because that's something I ask usually people in the blockchain space, what is the best best blockchain-based business model that you've seen so far? Which is interesting always from an investor perspective then the clearest answer would always be Bitcoin or it would be the dark net or because those are the first real use cases that are proven, right? Like yeah. um, if you go to dark net, there's like billions of, of, of dollars and worth of Bitcoin that are like, you know, uh, like regularly traded. Mm-hmm. That's a clear and valid use case. Um, then there's some, what I find interesting is, 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 is more like, you know, fringe ideas. There's like, for example, this platform that does, uh, I think they're called Poly Markets or something like it's basically like a gambling and and mm. and and betting website, but on political events. Yeah, and and I found it interesting because that's something I stumbled upon like a few weeks ago, and during the Trump uh, Biden campaign in the U.S. And I remember because uh, actually I went to this website, Poly Market, uh, to see how the the bets were like on on this platform. Like, so what was the ratio of how much money was 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 betted on Trump winning versus Biden winning? Because a friend of mine, he pointed out saying that, you know, his thesis on it interesting is that um, people like usually when people put their money on something, then that's something they probably really believe in, like, like rationally, they think this is going to happen. So that's kind of a predictive indicator for mm-hmm. what's what does the public think right now of a certain outcome. And I found it very interesting then to look at polling markets and say, OK, what are the odds right now if I would spend 10 bucks on uh, betting on Trump versus betting on Biden? Like, what does the majority believe? was going to win and it shifted like massively within 24 hours because of the election campaign was a very 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 close call right and um those solutions i found interesting because like on this bet there was 10 million dollars in the pot so like people put 10 million dollars in the pot of betting so this is like a clear use case like people Mm -hmm. using this putting money into this um so those are ideas i find interesting Um, otherwise maybe a final like a a summary note um more than 50 percent of the stuff we see is fintech related so I think the finance industry, uh, finance industry as a whole, like everything, asset related custody, I think there's a lot of potential, and and first adoption is starting. When it comes to non fintech solutions, I think that's interesting in the sense that we will see the next years more and more which use cases really. Which are really valid? Like, is it like you know, supply chain? Uh, I think in IoT there's huge potential, but IoT itself is also quite an early. Like, smart homes is not are not as connected as they are in ten or twenty years, right? Or electric mm-hmm. cars, self-driving cars. So, it also depends on other technologies. So, I think that's going to be interesting. And one final thing I find very interesting, but um, where I don't have high uh, <laughs> the best opinion about about uh, is is the public sector. I think blockchain could be super interesting for like you run an entire election of a country on a blockchain based solution i think the us elections made that very apparent like how inefficient the current process is but convincing stakeholders within the public sector i think that's a whole other whole, whole other topic so uh, that's a quick summary for my side
0: no, that, that was a very very great and detailed explanation of the, the potential use case and i agree with you in terms of the public sector, that this is definitely something that I also personally see as a great use case for blockchain. Um, Running these elections also, and maybe potentially even incentivizing politicians through these blockchain based systems. Um, And also the prediction market, I think I agree with you 100% there. At times, these predictions were actually more accurate than the polls that CNN or so on um, conducted. So I think it's also a valid use case for blockchain and obviously the, the, the complete finance sector. Obviously, I think um, that that's where the most of the money from investors is going right now. Um, I think, I mean, our topic is also tokenization, so obviously it makes sense here. But anyway, um, BlockRocket can be considered as an accelerator in the blockchain space. So. Um, where do you see the need in this space for accelerators like Buck Rocket in terms of, you know, bridging the gap between experts on the one hand and young entrepreneurs on the others that maybe lack guidance or financial tools um, to kind of actually, you know, foster growth in the near future and in the long term future?
1: Well, I think there's different points to this question. So I think one one point is that I see accelerator, in this, in this case ourselves, um as a connector between a lot of different stakeholders. So we we are trying to be the entity that's like in the center that of course, most of our attention is, is dedicated to early stage startups and teams, but we also are in close contact with um, most of our partners. And our partners, they range from like uh, lawyers, uh, consulting companies, uh, corporates, like corporate small kinds of areas, um, academics, universities, like some PhD students, Um, regular students who would like to get into the blockchain space, um, investors, VCs. So um, I think we have this like, uh, like uh, we're able to be in this, accelerators in general, if they're good, then I think they have this, this, they're able to be in the sweet spot in between, like kind of connecting the dots from different sides. And um, I think for everyone, it's interesting. So for startups, it's interesting because they are interested in maybe some of the corporates might be potential clients or maybe they're fundraising. So we can help them besides own investment like, you know, like pull uh, additional money on the table. On the other side, uh, for bigger VCs, we might be an interesting uh, entity because we have a better access to 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 upcoming, like really, really early stage ideas than they have, because our deal flow uh, might be better. Um, corporates, for them it's interesting because startups, I would say, are always the closest on average. Startups are probably the economic entities that are always closest to innovations, right? Like if you have a small team, no like proper structure in place yet, you can operate in a super lean and a super quick and dirty mentality and you can try you, you can you can fail a lot and like you know get up again pivot like iterate and, and and try something else and so i would argue that um we're in the spot where we can kind of offer everyone something that might be interesting to them and for us personally our main goal is of course to identify the the, the best startups so everything that we try to do is making our deal flow better and um as uh, the earlier startups are in their funding stage, the better because the more we can help them. So of course, at, after some point of time, it's also just a matter of repetition and, and, and like pattern recognition. Like we have seen, like hundreds of pitch decks in the last two years, uh, like rolling over our table, so to speak. And of course, after some time, you 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 get a good understanding for, for early teams. You know, like what are the top ten, top twenty things uh, we can immediately help you with uh, to do better. And I think that's where we can contribute most of the value to to startups.
0: Yeah, and I think a great way that you you guys differ startups are the seed and the idea stage, like in your um, latest upcoming event, the German Blockchain Award, um, which is on December the fifteenth. I think. Um, can you tell our um, listeners a bit about this award and maybe what what they can get out of it in terms of joining, attending, and watching?
1: Yes. Um, so we see it as our challenge or as our job um, to be like as the leading accelerator for early stage blockchain startups in Germany. It's it's still like um, there's maybe like five to seven hundred blockchain startups in total in Germany as of this time. So it's still like a re- relatively like small market. And we know that we have a lot of people, a lot of partners in contact with. They're not like spending most of the time in the blockchain space but they're interested in the blockchain space uh, they might spend 90 percent of their time in another space but they want to have like touch points with this new technology like regularly and what we try to offer everyone is to say that we have a really good overview of what's happening on a regular basis within that particular market segment and uh, the last uh, six, seven months, we started a series of monthly pitch events. So every month we have a pitch event where we invite five startups. It's 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 competitive. So usually we have 20, 30 applications for every event. We always pre-filter and we always have a one hour event and present like five startups. We always uh, invite like a jury of uh, two or three investors to rate them live during the event. And we basically try to put it on a silver tablet and say, hey, if you're interested in blockchain, we offer you this access to what is the best, what are the best startups, the best ideas, or the best things that are happening right now in the market. Feel free to just regularly like tune in and we try to present you in a very lean uh, and efficient way. Like what we think is most interesting in this particular market right now. And our annual award is basically a summary or like a highlight of the entire year. So uh, at this event, we invite uh, 20 startups in total and we, like put it or package it in a two-hour event because like we are aware that people usually they're very unforgiving uh, uh for bad quality or like for for like attention span of of, of, of people usually is not that high especially in a world like ours where we have constant o- information overflow so we try to make it as interactive and as intense and as dense in terms of information as possible so we have this event uh two hours long um you have 20 startups that are invited um, every startup has exactly only, and only 60 seconds to like break down their elevator pitch to be as precise as possible and then the audience has some interaction so they can then vote for okay from 10 that presented like what are the top three like in a live vote and and then we give the best startups um, from those 20 the opportunity to have a like more detailed five six seven minute pitch that w- which will then be like uh, with a Q&A session from the jury. So, if you're not perfectly in the uh, blockchain space right now, but you're interested or you want to have more exposure to startups, then this is the ideal event, in my opinion, to sum up the highlights of the year in terms of early stage startups in Germany for blockchain.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm really looking forward to this event. Um, I will also be pitching for amazing blocks, So. I uh, gladly accept the challenge of the 60-second ele- elevator pitch. I'm really looking,
1: looking forward to a pitch, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, so another interesting point that you mentioned um, is the, the large amount of different startups in the blockchain space. So one of the core issues um, is the standardization or the lack thereof. Um, so you are also part of ITSA, the International Tokenization Standardization Association. So, um, what can you tell about the need for um, standardization in the space of tokenization? Yeah,
1: I think it's a, it's a project that I started working on with uh, while I was working for Professor Philip Zander back in uh, back two years ago, and uh, it was an interesting project because the idea was to say, hey, um, it's just a matter of time until someone will do this, like until someone will try to create like a standardization that has a global relevance. Like, how do we? put all those ideas of, of possibilities how we can tokenize something into like one standardized framework and um, I think this matters because uh, it creates more trust reliability and transparency like I mean that that's the same like the main reason for regulatory as a whole is is, is, is to create trust security transparency um to make it more feasible especially for 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 bigger businesses or bigger financial institutions to um, also go into the section or, and spending more time on it, right? And it's just a matter of time like until someone is doing that. Is it, is it a government? Is it a different entity? And uh, yeah, back then we just thought, well, we think it's the right timing to, to, to do that in terms of uh, urgency, in terms of uh, no one else being really far on this already. And uh, of course, also giving us a great opportunity to push the blockchain uh, community or, or ecosystem uh, of Germany by doing so. And yeah, that was the original idea. And it was really fun in the beginning, especially because we, um, if you have a tokenization standard, I mean, you need to experiment in the beginning. You need to think of all kinds of classifications. You always need to be very up to date when it comes to uh, innovation. Like, you know, what kind of tokenization is possible now with this type of technology and what can you do and what other countries already decided in terms of regulatory, uh, very interesting in that regard. And in the beginning uh, <laughs> there was more the startup style of work i remember i went through like two or three hundred white papers myself you know like uh trying to do a deep dive with coin number 456 on coin market and, and trying to analyze them and there's a lot of interesting business models then you can see and um, but to be very frank there's also a lot of crap yeah. so uh yeah that was a nice reality check i would say yeah no,
0: it can really give you a transparent overview of the industry basically and it's a great tool, and I think even what they implemented, the ITIN, um, can really help bring standardization to the market and be kind of similar to an ISIN of traditional um, investment vehicles. Um, and also what you mentioned is the regulatory approach. Um, so so uh, do you see that um, a standardization from organizations such as ITSA um, combined with um, you know, regulatory pioneers, such as, for instance, in Liechtenstein, uh, where amazing DOCS is operating that implemented the Token um, Act in January of this year based on the token container model that basically allows you to tokenize anything, any right or asset um, in a standardized way. Do you think and, or do you see potential synergies for cooperation between, you know, a pioneer regulator like Liechtenstein or other jurisdictions and uh, organizations such as ITSA or do you believe that these regulators should should aim to standardize the markets themselves?
1: Um, I mean, to be fair, I'm not a regulatory expert in that mm-hmm. sense. So in, within ITSA, I've been more involved into operations. And and like i I'm saying that um, someone else could probably give you a more precise, better answer to this than me. But I would still say that, um, like from my understanding, I think what we try to do with ITSA is to be more of a connector and an educator. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, in the end of the day, it's not up to us to decide um, what the law should look like. I think it's just, for us to trying to give like um, like we're always open for exchange with everyone about this because I mean it's in our interest representing the blockchain community the ecosystem as a whole to be like hey okay, how can we like help to 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 come to um, uh, a common uh, like like uh, not a common sense but like a common um, mm-hmm. ground altogether like uh, to make this whole space like more consistent mm-hmm. and and more transparent more secure because that in return. Will accelerate the development of the of the whole system yeah. uh, by a lot in terms of time
0: yeah no i, I fully agree with you that um it, it needs you know everybody coming together in a collaborative effort basically to overhaul also the current um, financial system and and kind of you know compete with, with the big players in the game um so today's topic you know is is tokenizing everything obviously of this podcast. So what I find interesting is that you also recently started a startup focusing on enhancing HR um methods or mechanisms basically. Um so just out of the blue because it interests me, do you see any potential use case for tokenization in this space as well in terms of HR?
1: Um I mean it's an interesting question always to 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 look at the look at from tokenization perspective. Um, in the hr segment to be honest um because my focus there has been a bit different so my hr endeavors um <laughs> are one of the few things that i do in my free time that are not related to blockchain um there it's more about psychometrics so what i what i really like this is a private passion of mine this is why i spend a lot of time with uh, in my free time is um i'm really passionate about psychometric models so it's about how can you uh, try to qu- try to quantify uh, 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 individual behavior. So, like, in what way do I, as an individual, differ in my behavior from you or from someone else? And by doing so, by being able to quantify this, um, it's of course just an approximation. We we can't do this perfectly today, but there's different models like scientific models that you can use to try to uh, quantify, okay, like in in what regards are you an outlier? Are you extremely open-minded? Are you extremely pessimistic? Are you extremely outgoing? And by doing so, you can kind of make a, you can try to come up with prediction. And that's something I find extremely interesting in the HR context. And this is something I do for myself when I hire people. Um, I I try to have a, get a very clear sense or understanding for what types of tasks I want to be executed by um, a specific team member. And then I would try to make a very thorough, a thorough analysis of what type of person, like what, what are the personality traits of this person? Because uh, no matter what what traits we have, like they can all be a strength and a weakness uh, at the same time, depending on what's the context. So if you're like a highly uh, introverted person that gets extremely anxious being on a stage, having a public presentation, Probably not the right person to to make a hundred sales calls a day, you know. Like so that that's that's. Um, mm-hmm. But every but everyone has strength that can be utilized. So this this uh, psychometric endeavor is something I do for for own hirees, and I use it also for other projects. Um, trying always to to. I think the key challenge in management, in my opinion, is to put the right people into the right place. Yeah. and I think that's, that's that's a very tough challenge. And I, I think we need to work more way more with data uh, if we want to get uh, really good at this.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the traditional model with CV sending back and forth and and I, they're basically just not working anymore and outdated. So, so I really like this approach, and I think um, this is the future to go and, and to actually have a dynamic and diverse and you know collaborative workspace in place. So that's great. So, just um, on top of this, in terms of use cases for tokenization, what do to you um, are or do you consider as the best use cases for tokenization? I mean, some see tokenization as a method for, for, you know, basically bringing value to to an ecosystem. On the one hand, others see the best use case in terms of um, actually having payment transactions tokenized, basically, or assets, you know. But I mean, there's such a large diversity of what you can tokenize. What to you is maybe the one or two use cases that you consider to be the best suited?
1: In the whole, in regards to tokenization debate, uh, which I find very interesting, of course, we have several startup ideas that we have already looked over that um, try to make use of this. Like the, the most, um, uh, most of the models that I've come across with usually try to tokenize, like in, in real estate space, um, they try to tokenize um, like luxury goods, like that's something I've seen several times um the startup that has been pitching in our last event that i found quite interesting uh they already have some traction they're quite they're doing quite well they they tokenize um ships like you know for institutional investors um i think there's a lot of interesting potential in terms of cost saving that's like one major point if you ask most um if it comes to the b2c segment i mean a lot of it is also trying to aim for retail investors right like real estate there's a lot of there's like two or three real estate tokenization startups that try to sell it as you as a private person can invest some of your money into 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 like a tokenized piece of a real estate object. Um, there I will give you a more agnostic answer. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's 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 a very interesting uh new possibility that was created. I think uh it's a great technology. Um and I think time will tell. I think the next next two or three years they will truly tell Like, because the key question is, what's the demand? Like, what's the reality check? Like, what will, like, in the end of the day, like, what are people willing to spend money for? And for example, if you go to the B2C segment, and some startups try to do that, and they say, well, they want to convince more people to uh, save up some of their money and invest it into, into, uh, like, a tokenized uh, real estate uh, percentage versus putting it into their bank account, then... I can only say time will tell. And maybe it changes. I mean, everything is in constant change. If you if you look at social media, like Snapchat or TikTok, like uh, I would consider myself very tech driven, quite, I'm 28, so quite young. But still, like, I- I'm already too old to understand why people use TikTok. You know, it's like something, I, <laughs> I have a small sister, she's 15, she's using it. So for me, it's, uh, even for me, that's kind of strange. And, but that tells me that that I think is really hard sometimes to really predict, like, especially if you go to B2C segments, like how will consumer behavior change? And mm-hmm. right now, I think Germany is one of the worst countries in, 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 in like Western civilization in, in terms of um, how much percentage of people like invest in stocks. I think the U S is like, I don't know, like only 10 times better or something like when, when, when it comes to where do people put their money? Um, I don't know. Like, can we, can we convince much more people in Germany Uh, the next years to put their money into into tokens versus Mm -hmm. um, not even considering stocks or that that's hard to tell i think we need more 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 market feedback for that to make a fair judgment
0: no that's a it's a great point that you mentioned especially with the lack of uh, germans investing into stocks actually it's funny um i used the same example just two or three hours ago in a call um so i like using this example as well um What I think uh, tokenization can bring to the table especially is that it can allow people to invest, for instance, in their dream car, their dream painting, for instance, where they have an actual emotional value to this um, asset attached, um, which would then maybe incentivize them to to invest more. So um, also what I find interesting, especially for an accelerator like BlockRocket is the tokenization of patents, for instance. Do you think that Tokenizing patterns and therefore innovation, or the future—basically, the future ideas that that shape a business—will um, be a, an interesting use case as well. Um, that's the thing. Like, I
1: think we need to differentiate a little bit, like use cases. I think use cases in theory, yes, I would say so. That that sounds an interesting idea. We should, but in we always need a reality check. I think it's a problem, especially especially if it's markets that are very. Like, because the patent industry, like, it's like an industry itself, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it has with its own rules, its own, like, you need, then you need to make a deep dive and then and, and try to go into and, like, try to understand how the stakeholders behave. And then I think you need to collect data and then you see how it responds. So I, this is something I generally see, like, with startups in general, like, independent from industry. I think the hardest thing to do, especially if you're early stage is to achieve product market fit like to mm-hmm. really solve a problem that, that that's not solves hypothetical pain points so, but like real perceived pain points of, of, of customers and um, answer is always let's try it out and then uh, then then we will see
0: yeah I think learning by doing and just trying out is, is the best way to go is like can tell everybody that wants to get in the blockchain space as well just just uh, invest a bit you know and participate in the gold rush <laughs> Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is the best way to go in the future. Just um, to, to briefly wrap this up, um, secondary market liquidity is, is an issue in this space. Um, do you have a take on whether this will be addressed in the upcoming years and, and maybe how it will be best addressed um, to kind of provide this liquidity? Um, do you think it will come from rather the, you know the traditional financial sector or more from you know the blockchains community, maybe crypto Twitter even that that brings this um, liquidity to the sector.
1: Um, I think it's an important question. I mean, I think it goes a bit in the direction of what I pointed out before when saying it's a question of where demand is. Mm-hmm. Liquidity, in the sense that more money willing to put money into the more people willing to put money into this market, right? Um, which is kind of demand. So. Uh, demand and supply um i'm 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 not sure we, we have to see but one thing that i hear over and over again like uh with most people that i ask because i wouldn't say that i myself i'm an expert like for uh financial institutions mm-hmm. but i would say i'm at a good sweet spot of talking to a lot of different stakeholders to get a good general like overview of most industries and what i hear um again and again is of course the um, uh, that there's like a, a push effect from the uh, central bank because of the mm-hmm. the low, extremely low interest rates. So investors are much more inclined to 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 put their money somewhere else. And that, so so basically, the the willingness to 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 invest and to spend money in general, like the conditions mm-hmm. for that incentive to be given right now, are really high. And I think that pushes for like demand as a whole. Mm-hmm. To what extent that goes also more to tokenization, uh, tokenized assets. Uh, as I said, um, I think we will we will find this out very soon. I think the next twelve to twenty four months they 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 will give us a lot of uh, data for that.
0: Yeah, I think the next uh, twenty four months will be very exciting for everybody in this space. Um, I mean, we can make a lot of predictions, maybe even in the prediction markets that as you mentioned earlier. Uh, but I think we just have to wait and see and, and see, as you mentioned correctly, how you know the demand plays out and what the market wants. Um, so last but not least, um, my final question, something that obviously you cannot give a definite answer to, but it's just always interesting to hear the opinion of my guests here. Where do you see blockchain in 10 years? Um,
1: it's an interesting question. So one thing I, I, uh, I see that I think is a good sign that more and more like, interesting stakeholders get involved into this market. And I think that gives us more and more validation that, um, like more, like, like some of the smartest people around the world, like in the last years, like some of the smartest people in the world, in my opinion, started to be increasingly active in this market and to be actively drawn to this market, investing in this market. And I think that's a really good indicator that it has a lot of, uh, future potential. Um, I think it's hard to say where it is in 10 years. Um, so I think the key question is: Does it meet like does it meet the expectations that we have right now? Because I mean, every industry has a bit the issue of I think being it's, in its own bubble, and uh, because blockchain is a complex technology, like technology, like um, uh, tech-wise, I, I don't think everyone who is more or less involved in the industry has a really good uh, understanding of how it works. So I think there's also there's always a, the risk or the danger of, of like misperceptions or miscommunication, and. The the question is like, does it meet expectations as of today, where ten years, or does it go above, or does it go significantly uh, below? Mm-hmm. But I think the last two three years have have shown that, like the, of course the COVID crisis, um a lot of money that has been, so I've been on the forefront of startups, so I've seen this myself firsthand. A lot of investors just pulling out, like you know, uh, in in March April, I think a lot of uh, projects have been put on hold because everyone was. Uh, very insecure about like what the next month bring up. So, th- so that was kind of a crisis also for our industry, at least short term, for, especially for startups. Um, and also the, 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 the crypto winter, so to speak, like uh, two, three years ago with like the ICO bubble and stuff. So, so the industry as a whole, I think, has already gone through some shocks and some major challenges. And considering so, um, Bitcoin has uh, reached its all time high. I think it was three or four days ago. And this time by uh uh, institutional investors more pulling money into the market which which i think is a good sign um so i think the the indicators show that there is some resilience and things are going up so i'm fairly optimistic about the outcome project wise it's hard to tell if you ask me if what i would wish for i would tell you well i would think it's awesome if in ten years the entire uh, most of the democracies in the world are run on blockchain systems, I would tell you I would think it would be great if uh, most uh, infrastructure um, would be based on uh, autonomous cars, and then you have you know some uh, self-driving capabilities, and you connect it with IoT devices, and, and then it makes sense to also use blockchain. Um, but there's a lot of dependencies on on non-blockchain related technologies or regulatories as well, so it's hard it's hard to tell.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, um, you gave a great answer to, I mean, I I agree. It's it's a tough question, (laughs) but uh, you gave a very realistic um, answer. And I think now also the listeners have a great overview of of your, you know, utopia in the future. And I think, um, yeah, you you solved it perfectly. Um, So it was a really um, great conversation with you. very you know, realistic um, and, and on-point answers to, to the questions and, and to the market and where it's at right now. So I really like talking to you and I look forward to seeing you at on December, 5th, uh, December 15th for the German Blockchain Award.
1: Likewise. And looking mm-hmm. forward to your pitch. And uh, thanks a lot for the invitation and
0: for your time. Thank you very much as well. See you. Bye-bye. And to our listeners, I um, um, as always if you have any requests any you know suggestions for who I should interview next feel free to reach out to me anytime um, check out our website um, of amazingbox at wwwamazbox.io and yeah it was great to have you here